0: Good morning church and happy Sabbath again. It is, it is good to be here and it's good to see you all here. And I'd like to extend uh, another warm welcome to our visitors, those who are visiting here us today. And uh, it is good to see some whom I haven't seen in a while. So we are glad to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, last time I was here, we talked about something that took place in an upper room. Anybody remembers which experience we talked about? What was that? It was just two weeks ago. No, it was not Pentecost. Which which was the Bible story we talked about? Elijah... Uh, Elijah and the son of the widow of Zarephath, right? Yes. So that was a, a very meaningful upper room experience. And uh, today we'll continue to talk about the upper room, about another upper room experience. Uh, you know, people, uh, people have their upper rooms uh, normally in, in two-story houses. It's usually where the family uh, dwells. The dwellings are on the second floor. Uh, People may have a tree house, right? Where they want to go and be by themselves. Other people have like a caveman. They want to have their own space. Other people want to, I've seen this, people decorate their garage. They put a TV set in there. They put a couch. That's their space. But in biblical times, there was this idea of the upper room, which could be a place where the family would go and maybe spend uh, and have their there or they could have a guest room upstairs as well and that's what happened with elijah elijah was sojourning he was uh, spending time in that widow's house and he had his room in the upper floor that was the upper room the guest room upstairs and today we're going to talk about another experience and uh, the one that relates to what caitlin just read about the preparations and the actual uh, passing of the uh lord's supper the communion the first communion service that jesus instituted so before we start this topic before we start this message this morning let's pray that the lord will guide us and will lead us so please bow your heads with me father we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to have freedom to study the word and the opportunity to study it today and i ask lord that you may bless each and every one of us here we ask lord that your peace may be felt in this place that we may feel closer to you that your holy angels will be surrounding this building and protecting us and guarding us and giving us the peace of mind that we need i ask lord that if there is anything that is taking Uh, that's robbing us of our peace or anything that is of concern to us anything that we are concerned that will come up next week i ask lord that at this very moment you may fill our hearts and minds with peace that we may be able to focus on the message that you have for us i ask lord that you may use me as, as solely as your instrument that every word that i say may be tempered with love and grace May Lord bring peace and encouragement to everyone who is here this morning. May your name be lifted up. May we glorify you in everything we say and do. I ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And so this was when Jesus was just about to uh, leave this world. It was not to, to... too far from the time when he he died when he gave up his life uh, for our salvation and so that weekend was the weekend of the jewish passover they were celebrating the passover and jesus wanted to have a special time with his disciples Uh, he knew that his hour was coming he knew that the time where he was going to lay down his life The time when he was going to be crucified was just approaching. And he wanted to have some time with his disciples. And so he comes to the disciples. And the disciples ask him, where do you want us to prepare the Passover? Where do you want us to prepare a place for us to have this meal together? And Jesus gives them instructions. Pretty much like a a treasure hunt. Or like a scavenger hunt. If you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke in chapter 22 but beginning here in verse uh, 1 and jesus uh, gave them some instructions or rather beginning in verse 7 right that's the text that was read sorry beginning in verse 7 and jesus says and follow with me then i'll wait till we are there so luke chapter 22 verse 7 The Bible says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare me, and prepare the uh, Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you, carrying a pitcher of water, Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house. The teacher says to you. Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. Then he will show you a large furnished upper room. There make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them. And they prepared the Passover. Jesus could have said you know you go to. Uh, 253 Dundas Street West. And there you find the place. But Jesus said, you go into the city and you have to look for a man who is carrying a pitcher of water. And once you see this man, you are supposed to follow him. And you follow him until he gets into the house. And you enter the house where he's going to enter. And once you enter into the house, you look for the masters, uh, for the master of the house. And you ask him, where is the guest room? And he will tell you where the guest room is. And so they did. And the Bible says that the master of the house showed them. Upstairs a large furnished upper room. And there they prepared the meal for Jesus and the other disciples. When Jesus came. And this is what the Bible says. When the day came. And when the hour came rather. And this was in the evening and they went upstairs into that upper room jesus was grieved jesus was overwhelmed with the thought of his own suffering with the thought of his own humiliation and i believe that the disciples empathized with jesus at least for a moment he empathized with jesus's grief but that empathy didn't last longer because we see that there was a a dispute that arose among them and they were disputing as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest that's what the bible says in verse 24 in the same chapter there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest can you can you imagine that can we imagine that they were next to jesus jesus was there in the room And they're looking around, asking which of them would be the greatest. Only one was to be considered the greatest. And he was right there in the room. And you think about it, the disciples were called by Jesus. It was Jesus who got them together and called them into his ministry. It was Jesus who called them and made them disciples. They were not even a group before that. They were not even a group of disciples. And now they're looking among themselves to see who is the greatest. This only added to Jesus' grief, to Jesus' pain, to see that they were concerned with whom would be the greatest among them. And not with the sorrow that Jesus was going to go through. But even though Jesus was grieved by this, even though this only added to his pain, he was still full of love and compassion. And he said, Let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and let the leader become as the one who serves. But not only did Jesus say this, he gave them the example so the bible says in john chapter 13 that with uh, he stood up and he removed his outer garments and he grabbed a tile towel, towel and he tied it around his waist and he stooped down to wash the disciples feet not only jesus said that they should be like the lowest but he took that position he is exemplified to them And so he starts washing the disciples' feet. We understand the first one was Judas. And he was doing there the typical work of a servant. What a servant might have done. And so right there in this upper room, you see the greatest of all, Jesus Christ. And you also see the servant of all, Jesus Christ. And you know my friends I'll say this sometimes churches have problems and yeah it is true sometimes churches have problems but many times most times I would say when these problems arise between one person and the other it's because whatever the reason is there is only one solution the solution is to allow Jesus to be the leader and not ourselves, we are just followers, we are all followers of Jesus Christ. And more precisely, we should, as the Bible says, consider the other person more worthy, consider the other person more important than ourselves. When was the last time when you looked around, and you looked at church members, you looked at other worshipers, and you said, that person is more important than I am. That person is more worthy than I am. And so, let us be true followers of Christ. In other words, let us be the servant. Let us take the place of a servant. Let us be the one who will take on the most menial job. And will do it gladly. I am ashamed that in four years here, for... for different reasons right not because i'm lazy but in four years here i think it was only the third time that i shoveled snow from this uh walkway here in the back this past week and there was probably this much and uh and i did this after prayer meeting It was a good exercise i say am i'm ashamed because you should have done that more frequently right and uh Even the most menial job that may be considered is an opportunity for us to imitate Christ. It's an opportunity for us to be more like Jesus, right? Jesus could have have had an outburst of emotion and looked at the disciples and rebuked them severely. What are you doing? What are you concerned with? Don't you see that my hour is coming and you are disputing among yourselves who is the greatest? But Jesus was patient with them. Jesus still loved them. Even when they were being so selfish. And so I'll say this to you as a follower of Christ. We are to be humble. And we are not to be easily offended. You know there are people who, who so easily they hurt others. But I also recognize there are people who so easily get offended. When no offense was intended at all. No offense was intended at all. And so we are not to be easily offended. If, if someone offends you somehow. Or if someone says something that you might consider offen- offensive. Remember that you are precious in God's sight. Remember that God loves you. Remember that you are special. Remember that He designed you. Remember that you came to this world because He had and still has a plan for you. We need to be careful to follow the example of jesus and not the example of judas what i'm saying here is that many times many times someone will come up to us with a humble attitude someone will come up to us uh, humbly and rather than being moved by that humility we reinforce our pride you see, Jesus took down to wash Judas, Judas' feet. And Judas, instead of being moved by Jesus' humility, instead of being touched by Jesus' attitude, he strengthened his prideful stance. What if Jesus is not really the King of Israel? I can imagine, imagine Judas thinking that. What if there is really nothing to be gained by follow him, what kind of king would ever bow down to wash his subjects feet? You see, when someone nourishes doubt, when someone harbors doubt, they end up in disappointment. When someone feeds on doubt, they hold themselves prisoners of their own uncertainty. Some people sometimes will avoid commitment at all costs. They want to avoid commitment because they want to stay free. But by holding to their doubts, the only thing they are doing that is that they are not experiencing freedom. Freedom to see beyond. To see beyond this world of pain. To see beyond the seemingly impossibilities. To see beyond this earthly reality. Because this world is not my home. I am just a passing through. And so let go of your fears. Let go of your doubts. Trust the Lord that He will, let, he will enable you to see beyond. I'll be talking more about the dangers of doubt uh, the next time. The next time I talk about this. The next time we're here together, I'll be talking about doubt and how it can actually eat you inside. But for now, I will appeal to you that you follow the example of Jesus, and not the example of Judas. Judas shut the door of opportunity for himself, because as they were together there in the upper room, they were enjoying the fellowship with Jesus, Judas closed the door and he walked away. Now, besides the idea that the foot washing is an exercise of humility, right so that's what we we usually talk about and that's what we learn that we we bow down to wash someone someone else's feet and that's an exercise in humility and that's true that's what we just saw here there is another meaningful lesson we know that uh, uh, the the ordinance of foot washing involves water right because we normally wash with water uh, it's much better than using chemicals but so we wash with water so my question is if i were to ask you what other uh, what other ordinance in the church also involves water uh what would you say what comes to mind it is it is what baptism, baptism. yes baptism involves water as well so when we are baptized in water we are publicly declaring our allegiance to Jesus Christ or a commitment to him we symbolically have uh, our old habits and our old way of life washed away right and in the foot washing it's no different as the water as water washes our feet we have the opportunity to allow Jesus to wash away our pride to wash away our distrust of one another to wash away our doubts to wash away our old habits. Those old habits that may seem to flare from time to time. It's an opportunity to allow Jesus to wash away our temper. Or short temper. It's an opportunity to, do, to let Jesus wash away the lust. Spirit of rebellion. Selfishness. And everything else that is contrary to God's character. To wash us and cleanse us. On the inside. And so after we participate in the foot washing. After we exercise humility. After we allow Jesus to wash away all that draws. We are able to come back here and partake of communion. With a clear conscience. That our sins have been forgiven. And with joy in our hearts. We'll be free will be truly truly free to enjoy the peace of mind that jesus has promised to all of us so my brothers and sisters all of that took place in the upper room the upper room has a message of encouragement to you and me the disciples and listen to this the disciples didn't disciples didn't go uh into the upper room as a tightly united group they were still disputing for supremacy they were still discussing who would be the first their thoughts were not really together with those of jesus in, in regard to Jesus' trials coming up they were not yet where jesus wish they were but the upper room experience transformed them And so likewise, we congregate here today. We may not be together in all aspects, but the Lord is calling us to this life-changing experience. We're going to go downstairs for the foot washing after this, after we sing a hymn. And once we come back, we come back to this upper room, and the Lord is looking forward. He is present here he's present here in the person of the holy spirit we may not see him physically but he is here and he will be operating miracles he'll be allowing us to to be transformed he would transform in us if we only allow him if we only let him jesus knew my friends that his he was but a few hours away from that moment where he would give his life and on that passover feast he was going to be sacrificed as the true paschal lamb and from there jesus would tread down the via dolorosa on his way to the cross on his way to death but because of his death you and i today have the opportunity to partake in communion and from here leave not to the via dolorosa but live to Leave to living life more abundantly with the assurance of forgiveness with the assurance of forgiveness of our sins and power to live a victorious life this is what the death of christ guarantees to us and this is what his resurrection is a guarantee for that we'll have freedom to live life and live it more abundantly as we leave this place and so we are going to sing a hymn now together number 412 and as we sing this hymn please meditate upon the sacrifice of jesus you know uh there is there is a text that says that we should spend every day at least one hour one hour if possible in our lives if at all possible to meditate upon the last scenes of the life of jesus right uh ellen white wrote this more than a hundred years ago and as we read scripture and we go to matthew 24 25 26 27 especially and we read the last scenes of the life of christ hopefully if we let the text sink in we'll be transformed by seeing how much love jesus demonstrated and so because, as Brother uh, David Ross said, here in the Seventh-day Adventist Church we practice open communion, you are all invited to partake, to participate in communion. But I also encourage all of you to participate in the foot washing, because one thing goes along with the other. And if for any reason, for any reason you, you decide not to participate, uh, you can stay upstairs here until we come back, and then uh, we'll participate in the communion.